We now see an America's sovereignty on the rule of law collapse in our great nation. Are we looking at a new world governance with these recent developments? Uh, Dr. Peter Bregan and Dr. Peter McCullough will discuss the Biden administration handing over U.S. sovereignty to the World Health Organization. And another critical story is China's war plans revealed in exclusive top military audio. It's an eye-opening talk with Dr. Li Meng Yang and Naval Officer Stephen Mosher. Intelligence expert Alana Friedman joins us. She'll talk about China's war plans and the Buffalo shooting and the media's response to racism. And then the courage to face COVID-19. Best-selling author John Leake and Dr. Peter McCullough will discuss in detail why this is the crime of all time. It's all next, friends, on Viewpoint this Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Outloud here. I want to start right up front here now first with this story of the World Health Organization. Our health in America in a post-COVID world, uh, what happens next? Uh, and, and also, a, a uh, well, uh, a, a, an article, an op-ed on America Loud that absolutely went viral all over the world and continues to do so right now. Uh, Biden handing over U.S. sovereignty to who? And that was our very own Dr. Peter Bregan who wrote that and broke that. Uh, and his wife, Ginger, and as you know them on the platform and their host on the uh, program, on the uh, platform here and, and all. And so Dr. Peter Bregan, he is the author of this book, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. Uh, and this gets into a lot of the things that we're talking about, including who, the NIH, CDC, FDA, uh, China, all of the factors uh, that we'll be discussing here. And also Dr. Peter McCullough is here on this upfront story, is a, an academic internist, uh, internist uh, cardiologist and epidemiologist from Dallas, Texas. Uh, needs very little introduction. Uh, Dr. McCullough is considered uh, among the world's top experts on COVID-19 pandemic response. I could not be prouder to know both of these gentlemen and have them on this story here. Uh, I think the first question I have, and, and, and I'm going to actually, before I get to Peter Bregan, I want to direct this right to Dr. McCullough a moment here, please. Just 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 at, at 30,000 feet here, because you come at this uh, from, a, from a, as a medical doctor, politically balanced, uh, on things than most. And I, I think the question I ask right now, with everything we see with this WHO and what we're playing out right now with the health, uh, are we looking at a new world governance with these recent developments of the World Health Organization and America's sovereignty? What do you see, uh, Dr. McCullough, when you see this story out there in the way that we do? I see the attempts to form a new world government through the context of a medical emergency, uh, an extended declared medical emergency, and through pandemic response measures. That seems to be the context in which to form this new world government, as opposed to you know, widespread military takeovers. 
Yeah, it's a different way they're going about it. it you're exactly right. It, 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 we're not talking military here at this moment, although in the second story I delivered to you later in the program, that will be a factor, by the way. So stay tuned for that. Uh, now, let me tell folks that let's be clear. I want to keep this simple so no, we don't lose anybody in, in, the, in the mission here. So, all right. As of you hear this show today on Sunday, uh, it, when I say Sunday, it is May 22nd. At this point of time right now in Geneva, Switzerland here, uh, May 22nd through the 28th, the World Health Organization governing body at the World Health Assembly in Geneva will vote on the U.S. amendments to the international health regulations that will strip all restraints off of the director general of who, Tedros, we're talking about here. This gets really interesting, friends, because these are things that were proposed from a United States administration from, from the Biden administration, uh, as far as the empowerment to who. Uh, Dr. Peter Bregan, with this date now upon us, the 22nd to the 28th of who, uh, there's a difference between amendments and the treaties. It's easy to get lost in these weeds, and we got to keep this simple so uh, all of us, every person can understand what we're talking about. We're running out of time. There's almost no time left to stop the passage of these U.S. originated amendments. I, I, I guess I ask you this. This is a tough question, but why would any, you, and think about this, any U.S. administration, uh, you know, originate or hand over power to a foreign entity? Why? The handover is bigger than pandemic preparedness. Uh, this is about global health. And I think one of the stories that they've been sort of circulating underneath to distract people is to make them think it's more, more about COVID-19, more about the pandemic. The amendments, as written by the U.S., scratch out, literally, the restraints on Tedros on making any kind of pronouncements about health crises. Uh, Tedros is asking to be made the leading, quoting now, he's uh, strengthening who as the leading and directing authority on global health at the center of, globe, the, of the global ar health architecture. So we're way beyond just pandemic preparedness. At this point, what he has the power to do, uh, if this is passed in the next few days, and he doesn't have the power now to do it. He will, without permission from a state for the very first time, without permission of a nation, first time he's got this kind of unlimited power, he, on a suspicion of a potential uh, health threat that might affect more than one nation, but is in this, let's say it's in the United States, that it starts, now has the right to investigate that country with whatever powers he can to formulate his regulations and in response to what the country is doing. And if the country doesn't respond in 48 hours to then uh, employ all of the assets of the UN, the World Bank is one of those assets. Mm -hmm. And we have found out that actually the major planning panel that they had for all this evolving empowering of WHO had two major actors in it, WHO and the World Bank. So uh, we've seen what World Banks and international finance can do in a conflict uh, above nations now in the Ukraine, where these attacks were made on Russia. Uh, certainly Russia deserved to be stopped. Now, why would they want to do it? 
um, if you look at the actions of uh, Joe Biden, it's exactly what he wants to do. People think he's just bumbling and there's no plan and there's no rationale of Biden. He is actually being controlled by people who know what they're doing. The destruction of the border, for example, what is the outcome of that? It reduces the power of the United States. It reduces the power of the patriotic middle and working class of the United States. So there'll be no one to protest the sovereignty shift. Right. Because in general, the, the uh, elites, the people who control things are not thinking nationally anymore. They're thinking globally. Mm-hmm. And if they're thinking of a power they want to support, they're not thinking of the United States. They're thinking of communist China. And if you look at everything, inflation, who does inflation hurt? Doesn't hurt the elite so much. It can even be an advantage to them. It hurts the working class, the middle class, the patriotic uh, class. Now, the amendments will completely remove all the current restrictions, as you hear Dr. Brecken explain there, on the activities of, of the WHO Director General. We all understand that. And we'll empower him to do whatever. And you hear in these stories about monkeypox and other things, I mean, there's no limit to what he would be able to do under this new grand plan here, uh, any emergency whatsoever. Now, the Director General of the WHO will become that sole ar- arbitrator of all these health issues, activities, health emergencies, physical health, mental health, environmental health and social health. This has never happened in our republic where this has taken place, where we've given it to some other foreign entity, uh, to say the least. Uh, Dr. McCullough, from the beginning, uh, in regards to who, let's bring it back to the COVID pandemic itself and where who lost their credibilities. I just want to point out to Americans, not everybody pays attention to all the finite details like we do. They're busy. Everybody's got a life to live and challenges they're dealing with, fully understood. Who did, there was a lot of miscalculations with who and how they handled the pandemic early on with China and Tedros' relationship with China. They really changed uh, this whole pandemic, changed early treatment, changed everything. Can you speak to that point, please? The who failed on the issue of investigating the origins of SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19, and the biosecurity lab level four in Wuhan, China. And I think the WHO could have uh, done wonderful work in getting that fully exposed to understand we should never have this type of threat ever be released, uh, whether by accident or intentionally from a lab like this, but they failed on that. And then progressively over time, uh, the WHO has lost uh, credibility. And, you know, it's been up and down. Recall that the WHO, for instance, did good work on remdesivir. They did a clinical trial. They show it didn't work. They held a, a consensus conference. They had ethicists. They concluded that remdesivir should not be used in COVID-19. That was in 2020. They did good work there, but they didn't have any influence over the biopharmaceutical complex that marched on with the relationships with Gilead, uh, the federal government, and the um, Chinese that hold um, intellectual property rights on on remdesivir. And in fact, to this day, Americans, 25% of the admissions are receiving remdesivir late, where it's worsening mortality, causing kidney failure and liver injury. So the WHO was on track with remdesivir, but they weren't able to translate. So they weren't able to do either side of the equation very effectively. And this may be 
you know, part of the genesis of why they do want authority. So, all right. So the question we all ask ourselves is, where are our representatives? Where's our representation? Where is Congress? Where is all these people we put into high office? That's what comes to my mind. All right. So here's a couple of thoughts here. Uh, We now have heard uh, from many of these sources in Congress that there is a lot of concern within Congress itself, and uh, they should be based on everything we're talking about today. And there is a tension now from many of these congressional officers about this who uh, take over uh, with the Biden administration. And keep in mind now, again, as always, friends, the media doesn't report on these stories. They don't report on anything they don't want to report on. And this, this whole thing, they're like in cahoots with this whole thing, have been from the word go. But in the House of Representatives now, there are 46 representatives that have signed on as co-sponsors of H.R. 419. And this bill, it's uh, sponsored by Representative Chip Roy, and the bill calls for no taxpayer funding for the World Health Organization Act. That's what this is all about because of this pressure, this public pressure starting to build. A lot of this is because of this initial post. I mean, we were at the front of this with Dr. Peter Bregan on this story, uh, which was the Biden handing over U.S. sovereignty to who? As you listen to this program today on Sunday, uh, on May 22nd, very important I say that date because now who is in action? There is another article you will find on the front page uh, Sunday morning here on America Out Loud, uh, which is entitled, an immediate threat to America's sovereignty. This is a extremely important article that is very well done from Dr. Peter Bregan again. Dr. Bregan, within Congress itself, and what because the, they don't need Congress's approval to do who and to get all this passed, that seems to be very well noted here. Now, the pushback that's happening with the people that have signed on and Representative Chip Roy and all of that, uh, and the phone calls, the articles, the columns, the pushback, what's your sense of that? What kind of an impact does that have? And and is it too late or is it come timely enough? I think it's going to be very, very difficult to get a lot of traction through Congress. For example, when people went to the Foreign Affairs Committee, which you would think would be the one that would be the most... uh, Uh, knowledgeable about the power of the communist Chinese over the World Health Organization. They wrote back and and said, don't don't worry about this. Um, This is to put China in its place, not the U.S. Uh, So they were actually uh, doing the cover story to allow this thing to get passed. And that's our own supposedly highest experts in this area. Um, I think that the the ultimate use of what's going on here is to take it to the American people in the November elections. My suspicion is it'll get passed, but maybe it won't. Whether it gets passed or not, we're putting pressure on from Congress and so on. Whether it gets passed or not, this is a signal to the American people, along with some other things that are coming down the pike from who, that the globalists are really out to take away our sovereignty and that the Biden administration is backing Every single part of it. Okay. All right. All right. Now, hold, hold there just a minute, uh, Dr. Bregan. I got to follow that up and ask you here. Why wouldn't it get passed? What would stop it from being passed, please? 
Uh, only if the uh, administration gets so embarrassed, like they did about their ministry of truth, yeah. that they decide it's going to really hurt them in the elections. And then they and then the Biden administration pulls it back because they've got 47 countries they've already listed with their name yeah. as yeah. supporting what they are doing. So yeah. I yeah. think that's the hope. And I think there's still a hope of it. But I think we've got to start thinking longer term because they can always bring it back if it doesn't pass right now. And they also have in mind now individual treaties they're going to make with the nations. That's what you and I, what we had put up on your platform before all this started. We were worried about the treaties. So they're going to be coming down the line. And they think those, the World Health Organization and the UN think those treaties can be signed by just the president or the secretary of state or any appointee of the secretary of state. Yeah, so yeah. they don't care about Congress. As I understand it, the treaties could be worse off than the amendments even. I, they give more power away because yeah. uh, they're giving, they, they're, the treaties will make uh, uh, Tedros the center yeah. of, of um, global health in the yeah. world, be a yeah. massive shift of sovereignty into okay. one place. All right. All right. Let, let me now just speak now directly, uh, Dr. Bregg and Dr. McCullough, to the American people just a moment on the basis of what you just said. And you bring up, this is the brilliance. Let me, let me just set, tell you right, this is the brilliance of uh, both Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan in this issue of who. And I say that because it needs to be said. Because when uh, you just hear Dr. Bregan talking about stopping the ministry of truth, you see, that's, this is what we're talking about with we the people. Here's the power. And I, I talk to you all about this every day, we the people. What does that mean? The power rests. That's what makes America America. This is the beauty of our, of our nation. It's what just... It's what gives me, I got goosebumps running up and down my, my body right now talking about, I, I really do. I got goosebumps talking about this. Right? This is the power of this magnificent nation. This, this beautiful experiment in, in mankind here called America, the United States of America. It's we the people. We tell them what to do. We tell them to shut up and sit down. They don't tell us. We are their boss. Just like what happened with stopping the Ministry of Truth is a perfect example that has been put out there now. You take a look at the school board meetings. What happened in Virginia? There's enough is enough is enough. And at some point, it's enough. And so the question I asked you out there, is this enough yet? Or what is it? I said years ago, do you wait for the boots coming down the neighborhood in your boulevard? Uh, you know, that, that's the question you have. See, now this stuff is so far out there. It's hard to really wrap your arms around it. You know, is this all really happening? It's all really happening, friends. And that's the problem that we're really, it's so surreal. It's hard to really digest this in one's soul to know that we're dealing with the collapse of the rule of law and Americans' uh, uh, sovereignty hangs in the balance here. Now, there's another point of this I want to bring out quickly here with Dr. McCullough about the COVID accountability. And I, and I want to read you this from this brilliant uh, follow-up here, which you want to go read on the platform. Make no mistake about it, because I just, the second piece was brilliantly written. Uh, it's up there just now, Sunday morning, an immediate threat to America's sovereignty. It's, it's just perfect. And, and here's what it is I, I want you to hear. Although it is comforting to believe our U.S. Constitution may protect us in America, in fact, the Constitution has, in effect, been suspended for over two years, and we are 
at continuing risk of another lockdown and other mandates at any given time, any moment. There has been no reckoning, no investigations, no broad recognition uh, among our administration around the world uh, of the grave damage that has been done. Think about that, friends. The escape or release of SARS-CoV-2, the botched and sabotaged early days of handling of the disease, the suppression of inexpensive and time-tested antivirals and other medications that would have saved countless lives that we've talked about on this platform from day one with Dr. McCullough, who's been in lead for that, and others. Uh, the, the, the malfunction and tested equipment released by the CDC, the deadly use of ventilators on patients arriving at hospitals. My wife was almost one of them that almost died from this experience. I got to tell you, uh, the, you know, this just thing goes on and on. The fear campaign drove the world to a total lockdown, destroying the economy, supply lines, judicial systems, small businesses, families, children's early development, and life as we knew it. And most of all, the lives lost from COVID-19 and the lives lost because of the totalitarian mismanagement. Dr. McCullough, that is a hell of a summary that I just delivered. Now, we've talked about a lot of these stories at one time or another as we poured our souls into this every day, every week, uh, the last couple of years here. Size that up from that COVID accountability and where we are today and what we're looking at, please. You know, we, you, what you just summarized is about 10% of the GDP with no discussion, no deliberation, certainly no Democratic vote, 10% of the GDP injected into stakeholders, in vitro diagnostic companies, various therapeutic companies, vaccine companies, and others. It, it's been an unbelievable economic shift, all driven through this paradigm of a medical emergency, a declared medical emergency, when in reality, it was a controllable situation in managing and controlling just those at risk in terms of protection and then early treatment. Okay. All right. In, in finality on this particular part of the program, Dr. Peter Bregan, I'd like to give you the last word on this and we'll sum this up this way. You talk about this. I, I'm going to use the word a gift, a gift, because it's a word you used in this piece, you and Ginger had used in this, uh, this uh, op-ed, this article that is on the platform here now. And it, and it goes like this. And think about this. And I love this, people, because this is turning the, the, the glass. This is the glass half full, the glass empty conversation. Now, I'm an optimist, to be sure. Uh, I don't believe in theories and all kinds of fairy tales. And so we're, our feet are firmly planted on the ground, to, to be sure. And it, it says this. These proposed WHO amendments and upcoming treaties will be a huge gift you say, well, how can that be, Malcolm? Well, if they serve to remind us of the globalist threat to everything we value the most, our individual freedom, liberty, and American sovereignty, and to galvanize us into action. While we must fight both the amendments and the treaties, we must not forget that the greatest struggle of all is for the refounding of America as a patriotic, liberty-loving, constitutional democracy. Dr. Bregan. Well, I deeply believe that we should uh, not only view this as a gift, but <clears throat> view ourselves as honored to have been placed by God in this position right now, where the greatest battle for America and for freedom since the revolution, or maybe the civil war, one of those two mm -hmm. is going on right now in the world. 
And all of us have a chance to leave our mark here, whether we just uh, talk to our friends or hold group meetings or set up our own information center on, uh, online or whether we go down to the school board and uh, voice our opinions or join the monitors and get training in how to monitor the upcoming November election, yeah. that this is a great time in American history. We should be proud to be alive mm, now and wow. able to wow. stand up on these issues. Yeah. It's not against who. Okay. They are an actor for the global predators, the Bill Gates, yeah. and yeah. Klaus Absolutely. Schwab, Absolutely. Chinese communists. Okay. We're standing up to the globalists. All right. All right. That's Dr. Peter Bregan and Dr. Peter McCullough on this uh, massive story on who and the gift is a great way to end this. And I really believe in that gift that Dr. Bregan talks about so well there. Now, there are a lot of action items in this piece. So if you want to say, what can you do? And many of our listeners, we've gotten so much response from uh, uh, the public on this. Uh, it's all in the pieces and it's back at americaoutloud.com. You can get all that information. Read this follow-up uh, article, An Immediate Threat to America's Sovereignty. Uh, very, very important. Uh, and also uh, the book, I don't want to forget that book is in the bookstore and it's on the front page of America Out Loud, uh, COVID-19 of the Global Predators. We are the prey, don't forget, from Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan. Uh, and uh, a little bit later in the program, Dr. Peter McCullough will be back with us with also best-selling author, uh, John Leake, uh, amazing. Uh, story here. And a book that they now have out as well, that we will talk about that. And that book is in the bookstore on the front page as well, The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex. That is another point of reference for you. We'll talk to him about that. And this segment a little bit later on is really going to talk about the crime for all time uh, with this story here. Now, uh, up next, I got to tell you this now, friends. So a couple of real fast things here. This next piece of the story is another blockbuster. I, I, it again sends chills down my spine. These are China's war plans revealed in an exclusive top military audio that has been leaked. Uh, and this is this is big. Uh, and you'll hear uh, from uh, a couple of very interesting people uh, up here. Just a moment here. Want to remind you right now. Take care of your health. Take care of your health. Take care of your health. I can't put it any other way. And you do that by doing a couple of things here. And you can never take your health for granted. And I say that because of my wife just got COVID again. And I'm telling you now, uh, she's taken CofixRx.com, which is the nasal wrench, the povidine iodine in your nasal cavity, which gets that pathogen and those viruses out of there. I can't speak about this enough. The banner ads are back at America Out Loud. Go get Cofix RX for yourself. Uh, you get 20% off. Use the code out loud. Uh, that's important. Healthy cell. She's taken all the healthy cell now to get her over this bout that we're just in again. Uh, and all the healthy cell we talk about on the platform here, all of that is 20% uh, off as well. Uh, but those banner ads are back at America Out Loud. Go look up yourself and investigate it. And, you know, the immune super boost with healthy cell is magnificent because it's got all the things in there you want to fight these sort of problems and diseases. So you don't want to lose track of that, my friends, when it's got things like vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, uh, echinacea extract, elderberry extract, et cetera, et cetera. So out loud is the key for those discounts. Go get that for yourself. We'll take a quick pause and we'll return in just a moment here. You're listening to Viewpoint this Sunday. 
America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 120 times per month. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains full effective doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day, pill-free, ultra-absorption ingestible gel. It tastes great, comes in a convenient squeeze gel pack, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm out out here, uh, yours truly, and a pleasure to be with you always. Uh, uh, thanks for being on the mission and uh, sharing the out loud truth, uh, which is of course all back at americaoutloud.com. Now I want to get right to it here, uh, for time's sake. Got a lot to uh, put into this uh, full packed hour here. Uh, this next story is uh, I, there's no word to describe it. Huge, significant, uh, life shattering. Uh, you, you call it. Uh, this is about China's war plans that are revealed in exclusive top military audio. Now, what you'll hear right now is excerpts on the program that will play in its entirety on Monday on the Voice of a Nation. It's a full hour. It's a full hour. There's no way I can get that all in viewpoint. But you're going to hear some explosive conversation right now and a talk that must be heard by as many people as we possibly can hear this. What's going to take place here? It is significant, my friends. And you'll hear Dr. Lee Ming Yang. You'll hear Naval Officer Stephen Mosher. Uh, and I want to play that next for you. Let's jump right into it. Here you go. Start the conversation off with this leaked audio, what it said and what the importance of this was at this time, please. Yes, this leaked audio is obtained by me and my team exclusively on 14th May. And at that day, actually, uh, Beijing time morning, uh, People's Liberation Army have held a top confidential military and uh, the local government joint meeting in Guangdong province. And this audio is about the one hour content in the meeting. And why this is so important is because first, this is the only audio we have ever seen until now in CCP's history get released from such high-level meeting, classified meeting. People's Liberation Army has already formally given the order from the Central Military Commission and also Xi Jinping regime to request the 
uh, military areas in different provinces, and uh, also the local government to work together to transfer China, whole China, from the peaceful time to war time. And they are now fully preparing for a uh, upcoming uh, large-scale war. And this large-scale war, uh, combined with the data they mentioned, the strategies they mentioned in the audio, and also cross-verified with our intelligence uh, we received, it actually draw a very large picture about Xi Jinping and the People's Liberation Army is fully preparing for an uh, upcoming uh, large-scale war towards not only Taiwan, but also the East China Sea, South China Sea, and based on that area to confront against America and America's allies. Stephen uh, Mosher joins us here. With this leaked audio that we're talking about now, I guess the first thing I would ask you is, have you heard the leaked audio? Are you familiar with this and this, this plan that's been put out? Uh, yes, I am, Malcolm, and thanks for having me on the show to talk about this very, very important topic. Uh, I've been watching China uh, since I was in Hong Kong in 1972, uh, looking across the border into the People's Republic of China, uh, where I was there as a young naval officer during the Vietnam War. I uh, lived in Asia for many, many years in China, in Hong Kong, in Taiwan. And so I'm very familiar with the strategic situation there. And this is not what we're talking about in terms of this meeting that Dr. Yen has, has brought to the world's attention. It's not just a kind of vague uh, strategic planning session, not just kind of a war game of the kind that we carry on in Washington, D.C. from time to time about possible future scenarios. This is concrete planning for an invasion of Taiwan and simultaneously to take control of everything within the first island chain. So what is the first island chain? Well, it's, it's everything stretching within Japan, down through Okinawa, the Ryukyus, uh, down through Taiwan, the Philippines, uh, Malaysia, all the way down to Indonesia and up around Vietnam. It involves control of the South China Sea, the East China Sea, the Yellow Sea. It necessarily involves taking out all of the US military assets in the first island chain. That would be any U.S. naval vessels in the South China Sea or East China Sea. It would mean our uh, military bases, the uh, naval bases in Japan and the, the uh, U.S. Marine Corps base in Okinawa, because China understands that once they move against Taiwan, that the United States will surge its forces in Asia towards Taiwan to defend this democracy from the aggression of the Chinese Communist Party. And so I think that explains why, uh, as they do detailed planning for an invasion of Taiwan, they understand that it is necessary for them to attack US assets in the region simultaneously, because once those assets are taken out, Malcolm, it will be very difficult for us to get assets from the West Coast, from Hawaii, from Guam, to help Taiwan repel this invasion. Uh, so what was, what was uh, concerning to me was this is not just a possible future scenario. This was an instruction from the Central Military Commission, 
to do detailed planning on transitioning to a wartime system. And if I were Xi Jinping, and thank God I'm not, but if I were uh, the, the president of China, uh, I would look at the current weak administration, not only the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, which of course displayed weakness to the world, but its distraction, uh, its total focus on the situation in Ukraine. Now we shouldn't ignore the situation in Ukraine to be sure, but if I were Xi Jinping, I would say the US is pouring resources into deterring Russian aggression in Ukraine. And therefore now would be a perfect time to move against Taiwan. Uh, there's a, a, a weak administration in place. The people who leaked the tape, uh, do, does, do the officials know who that was? And have they already been executed? I, a fair question I ask you, has that happened? Uh, Malcolm, so these people, our people, they definitely take the very serious risk. So I can tell you this audio was happened in the 14th May meeting, and we got it the same day. And after that, until now, Xi Jinping has arrested and killed many people in the People's Liberation Army. And you don't get the news because they are using the military law to uh, execute these people. That means People's Liberation Army has already, uh, based on our intelligence, killed several generals just because of the release of this audio. And also I have received that they have put clear order to kill me and my uh, friend in America. That's an incredible conversation you can and should absolutely hear in its entirety on Monday, uh, which is the 23rd of May. And you'll hear that on the America Out Loud Talk Radio, the voice of a nation, my daily show. You'll hear that at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And there is an encore at 11 p.m. Eastern time on Monday. Joining me right now is Ilana Friedman. Ilana is a veteran intelligence analyst. Uh, she's one of our experts on America Out Loud and a guest host for me quite a bit on The Voice of a Nation, in fact. And uh, so you've got some other information, Ilana, that plays into this narrative about China. Let me give you the floor and tell folks what you just heard and what the plans are that you have, please. Yes, thank you, Malcolm. There are new satellite pictures that suggest, that actually reveal, that China has been carrying on war games in China's Taklamakan Desert. And in these war games, the, the military is incorporating a number of mock U.S. Navy carrier strike group vessels, and they are being used as target. And they, these include a mock U.S. destroyer, and it's on rails to simulate a moving ship, and a U.S. aircraft carrier. In other words, they're testing their anti-ship ballistic missile capabilities against the mock U.S. naval fleet. And it seems very clear that they have in their plans exactly the, the uh, application of their, their, their power against the kind of uh, military buildup of American ships in the South China Sea and around, around the Chinese coast. And they're planning to attack them and carry out a mission against them. Now, a new report suggests that American intelligence has vastly underestimated China's nuclear intentions. And they're now saying that China could have as many as 1,000 nuclear weapons by 2030. Our experts have clearly uh, missed, the, missed the ball on, on this one as well.
Yeah. Now, I want to turn my attention to another a pretty interesting story, uh, but one that uh, really should irritate you, uh, truthfully. Uh, and uh, it, it is this Buffalo shooting, to get to the point here. Uh, interesting story coming out of the Washington Post that I must share with you. And, and I want Alana to opine on this because, you know, this division of white America and black America should not be lost on anybody. And it is very, very deeply, deeply unsettling. As the globalists are moving, they've got us fighting with each other here. You see how this is working. It's a multifaceted attack on the American people, my, my, my friends. This is, this is so egregious. Washington Post says this. Three quarters of black Americans are worried that they or someone they love will be attacked because of their race, according to a nationwide Washington Post poll conducted after a gunman killed 10 people at a Buffalo supermarket, allegedly targeting members of the mostly black neighborhood. The Post poll of black Americans finds most are saddened and angered by the attacks, but just 8% say they are surprised. Even before the shooting, an earlier poll questioning black people saw racism as one of their greatest threats. After the attack, only 10% think the problem of racism will improve in their lifetimes, while a 53% majority think it will get worse. Here's the problem. This is being used to flame this racial conversation. And, and I, without, I don't have time to go down roads and opine. I want to get to Londo speak about this. But, you know, everybody references now to the wash, uh, to the uh, parade that happened there uh, that uh, in uh, Wisconsin, Delana, that were uh, black murderers and all the white uh, people in the parade. And there was no signs from the uh, you never heard these claims from the media. The media is inflaming racial intentions in this country. I don't know of any white people in my life that are out to try to kill black people. In fact, the biggest death to, to black Americans is black Americans, uh, to be sure. Uh, and uh, this is not a racist conversation. This is a mentally deranged individual that happened to be white, sick in the mind. And uh, he could have been any color in the sun. Uh, that's my uh, thoughts on this. What do you say to this thing? Well, I think that, that a, a large part of the, the whole sort of dystopia that exists between black and white uh, is is largely the fault of the media who, you know, if this were a reverse situation, a black man shooting up a white supermarket, there would be no mention of his race. And it the fact that they are now not only mentioning his race, but calling him a white supremacist, there's a lot coming out. That, you know, we have to know about where he was coming from. And he he seems to have had a vendetta against black people and, and maybe he was a, a white supremacist. But the, the thing is that this is one individual. This is not, this is not a, a, a movement, although he tried to get, apparently tried to get followers through his, his uh, social media um, uh, presence. But the, the truth is he did this by himself on his own because of whatever demons he had in his head. And and it, if, as I said, if the situation were reversed, yeah. we wouldn't know any of this. You see the argument of the debate, friends. Yes, this was a racist individual, no doubt about it. As Alana said, white supremacist, call him whatever you want, trash, the evil of the world, whatever. Uh, we get it. it. It's out there on both sides of that aisle. But there is no need to, to flame the racial divide in this nation, which does not exist. Those people who have uh, they're mentally deranged and have issues have issues. 
Uh, he was already accounted for that and should have been held accountable. Uh, maybe the authorities should be questioned here. But the media inflaming all this, including the Washington Post and many all of the networks and media outlets, uh, is so egregious and so offensive to our liberty, friends. And, and I, this is a story... We're going to be following up very aggressively. I'll have on here inside of the next week here, Dr. Carol Swain, one of the best Black American voices out there in America today. And we will have other leading people on talking about this story. It will not go away. Let me also mention it very, very quickly. I, I must get in here, the Genesis Fogger. There is a free ebook. Uh, if you go to americaroutloud.com, you'll see some banner ads there. It says free ebook for the Genesis Fogger. I encourage you wholeheartedly to click that, get the ebook. It's very legit. It's very real. It's a phenomenal education in there about HOCL and the power of this in your life that you'll want to have uh, for a lot of reasons. Get the free ebook, study, read through that. If you like what you read, you like what you see, as I know you will, uh, take a look at the Genesis Fogger, which put, you put HOCL in and it kills pathogens. Uh, amazing. It's an amazing product, is all I can tell you. Our our listeners get 15% off that fogger. Don't lose sight of that. Take a look at this product. See what you think. Get the free ebook. Move on it. This is a household item we all need to have. I have one myself. Uh, it's, it's a vital piece of equipment. Um, so those banner ads are back at America Out Loud. Okay, always tremendous thank you to our intelligence analyst and, and dear friend here, Lana Friedman here, and, and also Dr. Uh, Lee Meng-Yang and uh, Naval Officer uh, Stephen Mosher. Uh, massive story. And Monday, Voice of a Nation, 6 p.m., 11 p.m. Encore. Hear that full interview. That's bottom line right there. Up next here, Dr. Peter McCullough, best-selling author John Leake, The Crime of All Time. Coming up next on Viewpoint this Sunday. Surely if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. So you can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. You know, you sometimes hear the phrase, the crime of the century, the crime of the century. You know, you've heard that before. You say, well, this is the crime of the century. Well, you know, I was having a conversation the other day with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and best-selling author John Leake, and we talked about, you know, the crime of the century, and McCullough stopped. He said, no, 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 this is the crime of all time, potentially. I think that's what we're dealing with here. And that would be a perfect segue to bring on now here, Dr. Peter McCullough and uh, best-selling author John Leake. Uh, who join us now. Now, John is a fantastic author of crime stories, and he took on this COVID story and Dr. McCullough's story specifically, and they co-authored a fantastic book called The Courage to Face COVID-19, Preventing Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex. 
Uh, Dr. McCullough, let me, uh, let me ask you right up front here. Uh, that's a big statement when we make a statement of the biggest crime of all time. Now, to the, to the average American who got to remember now, they don't pay attention. They're not into the weeds like we are of all of the uh, machinations of this story and what has developed with COVID. They, they just aren't. They're dealing with other challenges and problems in life. What makes this the biggest crime of all time? This is a crime that involves the entire world, all the people of the world, the creation of a false narrative, the uh, uh, ramification and the formation of this false narrative, and then basically a psychological operation to marshal uh, all the people in the world into basically a one world order. Uh, The current phase of this is all at the end of a hypodermic needle that is linking freedoms to mass vaccination worldwide. But the story is multiplex because of the holdback of early treatment, because of what had taken place with all the censoring of information and technology. It became a really strange story. Now, uh, John, uh, again, this is uh, the bestselling author, John Leak, we speak to now. John, you, you've done, listen, You've been around the block a couple of times, to be clear. You've written these stories. You, you understand what crime is. You're a terrific author. You're, you know, when you looked at this story of COVID in real life now, this isn't none of this is pretend. Uh, you know, when you looked at this and you and you partnered and collaborated with Dr. McCullough as well, I, I mean, was this potentially the biggest thing you had ever taken on in your life? And what was your sense coming into this thing? By far the biggest thing I've ever taken on in my life by a multiple of a hundred. I mean, I've looked at other crime stories, but it involves either a a single antisocial individual or people who just, you know, are misled and get off on the wrong direction, the wrong path in life and break the law. This, as Dr. McCullough just said, that the scope and the organization, the um, the the extraordinary uh, widespread quality of it that, that really takes it to a global level, um, and the the distinct elements of massive fraud, and as we've really emphasized in our first book, the suppression of early treatment. I believe it rises to the standard of net mass negligent homicide. Mm. So wow. you have multiple elements of, of real criminal behavior at a scope the likes of which I don't think we've ever seen in history. You know, Malcolm, the one thing that we have to bear in mind is that historically we, we have these distinctly criminal moments or, or, or what we call crimes against humanity, the, the most, um, the sort of epitome of this is, you know, the, the trials that took place after the Second World War, the Nuremberg Tribunal, which found a massive organization of military and political um, actors to be guilty of massive crimes against humanity. But that was just one nation what we're seeing in this instance, namely the nation of Germany and its high command, mm-hmm. what we're seeing in this instance is a truly centralized global command structure, which I think makes it unprecedented. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's a perfect way, John, to sum that up. A, a um, the the uh, the centralization of the thinking, the thought process here, which plays a lot into our earlier conversations here. And all right, with that said, now in the centralized way of thinking, he, here's what's I think the biggest challenge of the story we talk about now. There's a lot of people, uh, many people, probably most people, that have a very difficult time putting their their. Um, their, their, their arms around this story. They, they can't wrap their mind around it uh, because of the wide stretching um, uh, deal of uh, the hands involved in this. And, and you say in your book, actually, in the setup of this, uh, it's a reminder on what took place in the medical community and the collaborative parties working against and trying to subdue the truth from being exposed. I have to tell you, when we first started talking, Dr. McCullough, early on back, oh, uh, this last couple of years now, we've come down a long road here together. Uh, you know, I, I was hearing all the signs, but I, I don't know if it really penetrated my soul because I, I don't play in those worlds. So I, a lot of it, I personally speaking, I mean, I was having my own challenges accepting what was going on. I can speak in real world terms because it was factual. I think where people have a hard time understanding this is the this this point I'd like you to speak about, the collaboration between government and media that controlled America's healthcare and medical community in ways we have never seen. That to me is where the rubber meets the road. That's the crux of this thing that you can't really, our minds can't rationalize what I just said. Speak about how, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, ooh, it's like, you know, this is so out there, man. How do you, how do you take that and, and rationalize that for the average person to really digest, understand what we're talking about? We first must understand it was carefully planned. And this is all in the open, the uh, planning scenario workshops that were held and published, including one 2017 in Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, where it was planned out. It was a scenario play that it was a coronavirus. It was going to be related to MERS and SARS. In fact, there was going to be careful government and media collaboration to drive a program of mass vaccination and to, uh, in a sense, snuff out any vaccine hesitancy. Now, fast forward, December 10th, 2020, it's announced by the BBC that we have a trusted news initiative a complete government media collaboration to snuff out any vaccine hesitancy. That means no information released on early treatment and no information on vaccine safety or efficacy, simply to railroad this mass vaccination program on the world. John Lake, this, uh, when we talk about the courage to face COVID-19, now I'm wondering, you coming at this, you know, unbiasedly, I'm going to think, uh, as you took this on, and you look at the likes, I, I just want to ask you brother to brother here, as you look at the likes of a Dr. McCullough and the frontline doctors and the people who took this on and really risked it all. I mean, by golly, they put, well, I mean, they put everything on the line. They, they put their, their, their souls, they put their, surely their, their brand, their image, their livelihoods, their life, their everything. When you look at that courage, what kind of courage do you think I mean, you're better to answer that than McCullough himself, who, who was at the, the crux of this, right, when this happened. What, do you, what kind of a courage are we talking about here? And what, what is your sense of that? Please speak about that courage. I think it starts with the enormous responsibility that medical men have always assumed. I mean, it's, 
nowadays we think, well, you go to medical school and you, you get your license and then you, you know, you see patients and, um, it's not a, it's not a, it's, it's a difficult profession. It requires enormous training. And, and Sean, are you talking about the Hippocratic oath? I'm, I'm, I think I'm speaking about, as I understand it from, from medical historical perspective, just what it is, to, what is the responsibility of being a doctor? A Hippocratic oath being an oath to, to one's patient, but mm-hmm. and, and patients in aggregate. But, you know, if you go back a little bit in history, I, there's a fascinating book that I, I really recommend your, your listeners check out. There was a Swedish physician in the late 19th, early 20th centuries named Axel Munta, M-U-N-T-H-E, he wrote the most marvelous memoirs called the, the story of, oh, why have I suddenly forgotten the title? Anyway, Axel Munta, M-U-N-T-H-E, he wrote his memoirs, um, and he talks about being a society doctor in Paris and mm-hmm. uh, that during the Belle Epoque, this really prosperous time in Paris, and he had all of these beautiful ladies and and, and gentlemen of, of Paris society that would come to him because he was a very famous physician. Mm-hmm. But whenever there was an infectious out, disease outbreak in Europe, and there was a, a particularly terrible one in Naples, Italy, uh, if I remember correctly, it was 1896, in which cholera overruns Naples. And he felt a responsibility, although he was completely safe in Paris, hanging out with these beautiful, wealthy people, his clientele. He felt duty bound to go to Naples to help, to do whatever he could to help. So I think it's useful to think of Dr. Munta's service to the city and people of Naples as a kind of archetypal you know, doctor, prominent society doctor feeling like, you know, I took an oath. This is the responsibility I, I assumed right, when I became right. a doctor. And I didn't really see a whole lot of that, um, you know, 100 years later with SARS-CoV-2. It well, let me, like- let me break in now and ask you this. I hear what you're saying. So what I'm asking specifically, give me a quick answer to this, then why is it that just some people uh, read those tea leaves and have the courage? You know, everybody in that community, yes, the Hippocratic Oath will do no harm. They, it's all about the patient. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, but why is it that only some, a very small percentage, uh, took that on personally and most did not? Do, do you have any idea as to why that was? We talk about the courage, John? Yes, sir. There seems to be um, a moment that can suddenly arise in history that separates the the men from the boys or hmm. the heroes from the conformists. I mean, Axel Munta, you know, he's he's a very famous man now because because he had the courage. I mean, it wasn't mm. only because he was the top of his class in the Sorbonne. It was because right. he did these great acts of healing and, and service. Um, so that's why we okay. remember him and we remember people who are exceptional. So is it safe to say that 100 years from now, somebody will be on a broadcast similar to this and we'll be talking about 100 years back? You remember that Dr. McCullough? Will that, will that be happening, John? Well, I mean, the man has just written a book, so uh, hopefully the book will 
<laughs> will remain on library shelves a hundred years hence. I mean, why not? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, best-selling author, John Leake. Thank you for everything you're doing there on the front lines here. That book now is, uh, again, The Courage to Face COVID-19, Prevent Hospitalization and Death While Battling the Biopharmaceutical Complex. It is in the America Out Loud bookstore. It is on the front page of America Out Loud, as well as Dr. Bregan's book right there. Uh, my fellow Americans, we have uh, just delivered, uh, I think, an incredible uh, program today, which is one worthy of listening to a couple of times. Uh, make notes, make your own personal action items, follow up on all the things that are important to you, uh, and know that, you know, we get one shot at this life, and we've got to qualify what's important to each and every one of us. My friends at all back at AmericaOutloud.com, it's time to get involved and get loud America.